Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number six of Like Father, Like Son, Like Movies. I'm Sam, the titular son, and with me, as always, is my co-host and father, Stuart. Hey, What's going on? How are you? Uh, sitting here, podcasting. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm doing the same thing. I haven't talked to you in a while. It's been a while. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year. What did you do? What did you do for the New Year's? Went to, uh, let's see, there's... Were several parties in town, uh, and I went to one of them. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Well, I went to bed at like nine thirty. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that's, that's the a very dad adult version. Yeah, holding down the dad fort. Yeah, New Year's was always fun when we were kids because we watched the ball drop. We got to stay up late, and that was kind of a treat because you guys were pretty strict about bedtime when we were little. Yeah. But you got to watch the ball drop. Yeah, you got to watch the ball drop. But now it's just mom and me in the house, and you know, yeah. what are you gonna do? Less, less of an event. When I have kids, I'm not giving them a bedtime. Just so you know. Okay. Well, that's they want. totally your choice, and <laughs> I think you will revisit that. But anyway, it's good to have goals. Uh, so the way this podcast works is, uh, one of us picks a movie we'd like to, uh, revisit or, well, I keep rewording this every time I say it because I realize it doesn't have to be one we revisit. It could be a movie we haven't seen. That just hasn't been the case so far, you know? Right. My philosophy is I want you to see things that I don't believe you've seen that I love. Right. Or, or maybe just think are worth, are worth seeing. Right. So for you, it it probably will almost always be a movie that you've seen. I guess for me, that's probably just as likely, to be honest. So mm-hmm. maybe that is, maybe it is fine to word it that way. So one of us picks a movie um, we'd like to revisit, and the other picks a movie in response that they think makes a nice double feature. And then we come on the show, and we talk about them. Yep. And that's how the show works. Um, so today we've got, um, Dad, you picked Take Shelter. Take shelter. Uh, it's when did that movie come out? Do you know? Twenty eleven, if I'm not mistaken. So it's a 2011 movie directed by what's the guy's name? Mike Nichols. Is that right? Jeff Jeff Nichols. Jeff Nichols. And mm-hmm. did he write it as well, or is that somebody else? Uh, I believe he did write it. Now I'm going to pull up the IMDb. It was 2011, and yes, he did write us. Okay, written and as directed well by Jeff directed. Nichols. Um, and then I picked in, uh, response, I picked the, uh, film Martian Child starring John Cusack. And that was released in, let's see, Martian Child, 2007. Hmm. Yeah. And when you picked Martian Child after I told you take shelter, I about got whiplash from the double take. Why is that? I'm like, what do these two movies have? In- Why? What? About <laughs> Take Shelter made you think of Martian Child. But we'll get into it. Uh, yeah, we will get into it. But I guess before we do that, we can do our uh, what we're watching segment, right? We should do that. Okay. So what are you watching? Well, I wanted to um, mention a couple of things. Um, you know, I'm a big horror hound. Love horror movies. And uh, we just um, came out of the Christmas season and um, Shudder, the the streaming service, 
the most mm-hmm. horrifying season of all, uh, particularly. Uh, no, never mind. Um, <laughs> I was going to say something inappropriate, but I I will hold that. Um, so Shutter, the streaming service for horror movies, um, excellent streaming service. If people are interested in checking out uh, mm-hmm. a streaming service that's just about horror had um, a lot of new uh, movies uh, on the um, platform. And so I checked out a couple of those that I thought I would mention. One explicitly Christmas-themed called Christmas Bloody Christmas. It's basically, what if the Terminator dressed like Santa Claus? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's got a nice grindhouse vibe to it. It's got uh, some interesting colors. There's nothing, there's not much to that movie. It's basically a deranged robot Santa Claus killing people. Um, uh, it's fine. Um, it was it was fun. It's probably best seen with a big crowd of people. Um, it's made by um, the same guy that made that movie that we liked uh, so many uh, so many years ago that we saw together at Beyond Fest, uh, Sam. It was called Bliss. Oh, um, uh-huh. yeah, I like that about, movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, this is a lot less weighty than than what was going on in Bliss, um, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's fun for ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, so that was one that uh, people might have fun with. The other one that I really liked, uh, uh, not not much more in the way of redeeming social value, but, uh, very entertaining. Uh, you know, I found it to be hilarious. It's called scare package Two: rad Chad's revenge, <laughs> uh, a sequel to scare package, uh, which is also on shutter. Um, these are very silly, um, horror movie. Uh, I guess you'd call them, um, portmanteau or, uh, anthology films um they're kind of spoofy um they are um in a way uh loving homages to different kinds of horror genres um i just think they're hilarious and um just a just a real good time uh very broad over the top humor um very gooey <laughs> gross yeah gross uh, special effects uh again it's uh, a lot of diy kind of vibe to it but um right. a lot of fun scare package that's too. kind of that's kind of nice that the diy um tradition i think is still still ongoing yep that's what i've been watching what have you been watching well speaking of gooey um i caught up on the boys Oh yeah, you seen that? Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm all caught up on that one. Yeah, I am all caught up now. I watched the um, second and third season uh, this month, and yeah, I mean, it's good. It's very gooey. It's good enough. Like I'll probably go when there's a fourth season, unless it, it didn't get canceled, did it? I don't believe so. No, I think I it's don't think still... it did. Yeah. So mm-hmm. whenever the fourth season comes out, uh, I'll probably watch that. And then because I watched that, I went ahead and read um, issues 1 through 14 of the comics, um, which are collected mm. in an omnibus. And uh, really good, really good. Uh, better than the show, honestly. Um, and then I got on a Garth Ennis kind of a kick. So I read um, Preacher Book 1, 
which was okay. good. And then uh, I started reading his Punisher series from 2007. Okay. Yeah. So it was all, very, all, all really, really good if you're looking for some comics. You've been on a, on an Ennis tear. You know, Preacher mm-hmm. was a show, too. It was. I watched the first couple of episodes when it came out, but that's been a while now. I don't really mm-hmm. remember it. But yeah, I, I enjoyed the comic. No, you didn't. Yeah. Mm-mm. I remember the um I remember the part where on the TV all the like all the uh, religious figures are exploding and <laughs> and then on the TV it's Tom Cruise explodes because he's because of Scientology or something. It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I've been enjoying that. Uh, the boys cool. and Garth Ennix, uh, oeuvre has been, been a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah. I like the boys, oh. uh, all caught up and looking forward to season four. It is good. You know, I don't like the main character that much, Huey. I think he's just kind of lame, boring. Oh, what well, do you I don't view that? him as the main character. The main character is, uh, is the Australian guy. I can't think of his That's name. interesting. I don't think he's Australian. Butcher. Butcher. I think he's, I think he's British, right? Oh, Carl Urban sounds character Australian. sounds Australian to me. I don't think he does. Doctor anyway, McCoy. He doesn't look um, anything I like Doctor McCoy. Understand, Doctor McCoy. I understand uh, why you say that, and there's there's a semantic argument to be had about what constitutes a protagonist and whatnot. But um, I think in story terms, Huey is is definitely the main character. But um, hmm. Butcher's Butcher kind of drives the show. Yeah, and he's yeah. the most interesting. Yeah. Anyway, semantics doesn't matter. It is semantics. Uh, uh, yeah. At a certain point, you can only you can only parse it. You can only split hairs so much. Um, let's see. How does this work, Dad? Do you want to introduce uh, your film, I guess, and then I'll introduce my film, and then we'll get in the discussion about it. So take shelter. Um, so I saw this uh, when it came out. I saw it on home video. Um, believe, as I frequently do, uh, I watched it um, by myself. Um, it just uh, really uh, floored me when I saw it. I think it's a fantastic film. And uh, I picked it because uh, this is one that I really uh, wanted you to watch and I wanted to hear your, your thoughts about. So You've been trying to get me um, to watch this movie for quite some time. Since, since 2011. <laughs> maybe maybe not all uh the entire time since 2011 but yes uh i yeah. i really think the world of this movie yeah um, i think every every time i've come home from college in the or, or since i moved out of the house rather i think you have tried to get me to watch this movie yeah i have a short list of films for sam that i would like him to watch and a lot of the same movies are still on it even though i've been trying to get him to watch them for years. And that's what a lot of this podcast will be about is finally getting him to sit down and <laughs> take you, a look at these. Who are you talking to? Is there somebody else in the room? Uh, talking to our podcast <laughs> listeners. Sam. You're, talk, All, you're talking about me like I'm not here. I'm talking, I'm talking to our podcast audience, the uh, vast podcast audience that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'd like them to know us <laughs> a little bit and, you know, just include them in the conversation. Sure. Email in. Um, yeah, yeah. I will. Please email in. Let us know what if you think. If you support um, Dad's decision to try and force these movies on me. Do we have an email address? Let us know. Yeah, we do. I say oh, it okay. at the end of every episode. How about that? I, how much pa- attention am I paying? Yeah. Um, so, Take Shelter. Michael Shannon, Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I would say this is this movie is probably a breakout for both of them. Um, okay. They had both been around, had been doing things uh, before this movie, but their careers really took off after this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just so perfect together, I think, um, in this in this film. And uh, I don't know if you're aware, but, you know, they're they're together now in a series um, on Showtime called George and Tammy, which is about mm-hmm. George Jones and Tammy Wynette. Uh, the country music singers. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I want to see that film after re- revisiting Take Shelters. Like, oh, I got to see these guys together again. They're, yeah, they're just fantastic together. Way different context, too. Interesting. Yep. Um, but uh, to recap, so Michael Shannon plays Curtis. Jessica Chastain is his wife, Samantha. They're a happy working class couple. He's working for like a drilling company, a drilling and trenching company. She's selling crafts uh, at, at uh, art fairs or, or uh, craft uh, sales uh, in the neighborhood or nearby. Uh, looks like she also does some alterations for, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and they have a hearing impaired daughter, uh, Hannah. Um, and they're a very happy, loving couple. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything seems great. And then um, Curtis begins having nightmares. Uh, and these nightmares uh, lead him uh, and others uh, to believe that he uh, may be mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these these nightmares also uh, come with a compulsion uh, to install a storm shelter on his property. There's a storm cellar that's detached from the house. Um, and he feels compelled to expand uh, the size of that storm shelter uh, right. in a very dramatic way. Right, because um, he's having like, that, they're like apocalyptic visions is what he's having. Yeah, but so. also violent visions of people uh, that he knows and people that he doesn't know uh, being hostile and right. even attacking him. Right. Um, and this uh, this delusion and this compulsion starts to affect his job and his personal finances and his friendships and his marriage. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a recap in a nutshell of the plot of yeah. Take Shelter. Again, yeah. we should say full spoilers for, for all movies that we discuss on, on the podcast. So if you don't mm-hmm. want to be spoiled, and I believe you shouldn't watch this one spoiled, uh, you should go watch it and then come back and finish listening to the podcast because um, yeah. it is definitely... Uh, uh, a movie best uh, watched uh, without knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay, great. And then uh, to go with it, I picked Martian Child, uh, which is based on a book called The Martian Child by a guy named David Gerald. Uh, not really familiar with him at all. Um, it's written by Seth Bass and Jonathan Tollins, who I'm also really not familiar with, and directed by Menno Mayes, I think is how you say his name. Um, it stars John Cusack. I don't either, to be honest with you. Um, it stars John Cusack. I know him as so he plays an author, successful science fiction author, um, whose wife has recently died, so he's a widower, and uh, he decides to adopt a weird little boy, uh, <laughs> and uh, that's basically the movie. It's about him. Uh, the little kid thinks he's from Mars, uh, and so it's about them their relationship and him learning how to be a father and um the little kid who's you know he's come out of an orphanage 
he's kind of learning how to be a person. So um, in, a, in a literal sense, I guess, because he thinks he's not a human. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Um, do you want me to go ahead and say why I picked it? Or do you want to tell me why you think I picked it? I'm going to guess why you picked it. And okay. then you're going to tell me. That's gonna tell more fun. Me. That's more fun. Yeah. And then I'm going to, then I'm going to, you're going to tell me if I'm right. Okay. But I was, yes, I was very um, surprised by your pick. Um, and I was wondering. And that's wondering, my goal. Like every, every, it's always me. my goal to uh, pick something that does make sense, but is also kind of counterintuitive. That's yeah. my goal for this, for every pick that I do. So first of all, I think uh, my first thought was, oh, well, you picked it because both these movies have children which have special needs in them um, and mm-hmm. That, that that has somehow the connection between the two movies. But then as I watched Take Shelter, I realized that's not that big of a, that doesn't play that big of a role in Take Shelter. No. So maybe that's not at all um, what was behind the thinking there. And then I got to thinking that um, these are both movies about families that over the course of the running time come to share an understanding of, uh, you know, that, that may be a little out there, something that they don't automatically, um, they don't automatically share, um, in take shelter. Obviously Curtis is acting very delusional. Everybody thinks he's mentally ill. Uh, and then at the end, this wonderful, this wonderful scene again, if, uh, if, if you haven't seen it, don't let me spoil it for you. Go watch it and then come back. Um, but this wonderful, wonderful scene where they do kind of, even though it's apocalyptic, even though it's, it, you know, it could be the end of the world, uh, they finally understand each other, um, Samantha and, and even Hannah and and Curtis all come to a shared understanding and it's, it's terrifying, but it's also lovely. And, 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 and that's what the Martian child's about. It's about, um, David, um, the, the father trying to, um, uh, come to, uh, an understanding with this son that he's trying to adopt, who, uh, has been traumatized and is, uh, dealing with his trauma by believing that he's from outer space and, uh, not really relating to anybody around him. Um, so, uh, and the movie's about their journey and, and trying to find that common understanding. So that's my guess as to why you pick these these movies to pair. Yeah, I think um I think you you pretty much nailed the essence of of where my head was at. Um I wasn't thinking about it necessarily in, in um that in depth when I picked it. I really just picked it because well for two reasons. One, um because both these movies have a main character who um suffers from a delusion or well it's I guess in Take Shelter it's kind of uh, ambiguous whether it's actually a delusion but um, they both appear to be under the influence of certain delusions in, in these movies the main characters and then um, the other reason and the bigger reason I guess is because they're both movies about fatherhood 
mm-hmm. and that's why I picked him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In a way, um, I would. I don't know. I would agree that uh, take shelter is about fatherhood. I mean, certainly the Martian child is. That's all it's about. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, take shelter. Um, really? I mean, I would yeah, argue I that that's. That... I'd argue that that's all take shelters about. Okay, let's. Well, you know, uh, please. Please and proceed. I would also, I would, I would also argue that that's why you love it so much. Please proceed. Uh, explain. Uh, yeah, let me look at my note. Let me check my notes. No, well, mm-hmm. um, I'll just see if I can remember off the top of my head my line of thinking. There... But so for me, the whole movie is him. I mean, he's struggling with the with the, the um, you know, he's having these visions and he's he's kind of falling apart. Um, but for me, the, it became very clear when they're in the bunker, they're actually hiding from the storm at the end when they're in mm-hmm. the bunker. And then he, she, um, Jessica Chastain is trying to convince Michael Shannon that it, the storm is over and they can go outside and he's in, in, thinks he can still hear the storm and he doesn't want to go outside. And so she has the keys to the door. Or sorry, he has the keys to the door, and he's trying to give them to her to go outside and check and, the and this storm. And the scene plays out like a horror movie. I mean, you think this is going to be horrible. Um, he's yeah. locked them in this bunker. He's convinced there's you know the apocalypse is raging outside, and he's not going to let them out. And they're going right. to you know die this horrible death in this bunker. It really is. I mean, the the you just the sense of dread just builds and builds in that yeah. scene. I, I agree, except I think the music actually kind of clues you into that's not where this is headed. Um, so mm. I didn't read the scene completely that way, but it's definitely tense. Like there's no doubt about that. And so he's trying to hand the keys to her. Um, and she says, no, you have to open the door. And so to mm-hmm. me, that's when it became clear what this movie was trying to say. She was, she's basically saying in that moment, this is what it means to stay with us mm-hmm. and take responsibility. And you have to open the door. Like you have to face this thing because that's what it means to be a father and a husband. And that's, mm-hmm. that's to me, that was the entire movie. That's what it was all about was him. Yeah. You know, the whole movie's preparing him for that moment when he finally does have to stand up and take responsibility. That certainly and is an impactful me, moment. To me, that was, to me, that's fatherhood. Like, I don't know what the metaphor is, if not that. Yeah, it's fatherhood. It's, I mean, but it's also being a husband, too, I guess. Um, yeah. You know, it's not just being a father, but being a, being a you know, a member of the family. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote that, that quote down, too. This is what it means to stay with us. And that moment where, she, where he gives her, the, he hands her the key, she's got the ability to end this. And she has the, the, you know, the inner strength to say, you know, that's too easy. That's not going to put him where he needs to be. He's got to do this on his own. Um, And that, that scene also just breaks your heart. Um, I cried like, I don't know how many times during this movie, but you know, that was probably the hardest one. Um, and then I always cry at the end, too, when the storm is coming and she finally sees it and Hannah, the daughter, sees it. Um, and again, it's like it's horrible. It's apocalyptic, but it's somehow beautiful that they all now understand each other. Um, and I just find that so, so moving. 
Um, I think yeah, ultimately he, the take. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. I said I think ultimately what this movie is about though is about how uh, how it's lonely to be a prophet. Um, he, hmm. uh, you know, throughout the movie is you know even not even convinced himself that what he's seeing is real, um, and you know he has to to persevere in his visions um, in order to. Um, you know, basically uh, show everybody at the end that he's right. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a very lonely journey for him um, yeah. until, until, you know, it's finally, it's finally proven that, uh, you know, what he was fearing was in fact, uh, you know, what was coming to pass. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for me that has a, you know, even you know, here in 2023, uh, uh, a very relevant resonance when you think about what we just went through with the pandemic and, uh, you know, how embattled people like Dr. Fauci were, was uh, about, you know, things that he said about the pandemic. It's it's lonely <laughs> to be in that position. And that's kind of the position Curtis is in, in this movie. Huh. Yeah, I definitely was not thinking about it in those terms. I guess the reason that that doesn't quite work for me is because he like you said, is not even himself convinced that what he's seeing is an actual premonition. And so it's not really, the movie isn't really about him trying to convince other people that this thing is coming. He's prepared for it by building the shelter, but that's the only action he actually takes to prepare. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't make it a he mission. He almost does it to despite himself. He, he can't help himself. He has to do yeah, it. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he he's not even really convinced that this thing is coming. He doesn't make it a mission to proselytize the future to people. So I I guess that's the reason I don't really see it as I didn't think about it as him being a prophet so much because for so much of the movie we and the characters are led to believe that the visions aren't real, that they're that they're mm-hmm. the product of some sort of delusion or mental illness. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I saw, I saw it as entirely metaphorical. I didn't really see it as, I saw it as a movie that exists to be a metaphor as opposed to, um, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say, as opposed to Mm -hmm. like the metaphorical, the weight of it has more significance than the real, the real world events in the movie itself, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's but. another reason why the movie is so successful is because you can, it's, it, it can be read on so many levels. It can be read literally, it can be read metaphorically. Uh, it can be read about a story about mental illness. It can be read about, uh, as a story about, as you know, family, um, and, uh, in this other level, which I think is a very literal level of, uh, you know, he's, he's a prophet. And, you know, if you take him and transpose him into any other context, uh, where somebody has foresight and vision and and you know has difficulty persuading people of the the truth of of their vision um it's a it's a very lonely difficult place to be you know yeah and it does recolor the movie that way when at the end the the real storm actually shows up because that changes the whole context really because then then it's no longer a movie about about psychology because right he wasn't having or he was really having actual premonitions so yeah it does recolor kind of the entire film that way 
at the end. But yep. for me, that wasn't even the most powerful moment. The most powerful moment is when he opens the doors of the shelter in, in, into mm. the light. And I, I literally yep. thought that's where the movie was going to end because mm-hmm. I thought that was like, oh, that's what the whole movie's about. That's enough. Yep. And it could have ended there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Part of me feels like I, it should have. That was my... That was my one of my questions I wrote down to ask you is like, do you think this movie should have ended with them in the cellar and him holding out the key to her, her not taking it and the neighbors beating on the door to be let in? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would have been a much different movie. (laughs) But it it, so that's what it could have very easily gone in that in that direction. And uh, Nichols just. I don't know. It was, it's just such a beautiful, beautifully constructed story. Yeah. Um, and so well acted by those two two actors. Just, um, you know, she is just such a tower of strength. And uh, their, their performances are both so, you know, so credible and so lived in. Um, yeah, I just love this movie. I'm yeah. going to watch it again. Yeah, I'm sure I don't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> that moment was that, that moment was powerful. Uh, gosh, where do we go from here? Martian Child. We haven't talked very much about it. <laughs> no, we haven't. Um, yeah. what's to say? What's to say? When's the first time you saw Martian Child? Do you know? I don't remember. Um, probably again around the time it came out. I think it was one that I had identified as one that we might all like. So I think the family watched it and we all enjoyed it quite a lot. It's very family friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we all are big John Cusack fans, I think. Love him. Um, you're a John Cusack fan? Yeah, he's in my favorite movie. That's right. Gross Point Blank. Gross Point Blank. Best and are you time. a Joan Cusack fan? Uh, of course. <laughs> it's almost like you can't have a John Cusack without a Joan Cusack. Sometimes it feels that way. Yeah, she's hilarious. Um uh, but, uh, but what do you think of the movie, uh, you know, on its own merits? Well, um, I like it. I think it could have easily been, um, way too kitschy and I think it's not way too kitschy, mm-hmm. um, for the most part. It's, it is a little uh, bit. it can be, but I think for the most mm-hmm. part it works, but I think a lot of that has to do with, well, it has to do with everything, but the, the cast pulls it off just they they make everything feel very real. It doesn't feel like they're being overly sentimental. They feel genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think yeah, the movie in... succeeds. I think I think it's a sweet movie. I think it has legitimate highs and lows. I mm-hmm. think it really like. I think it really, you know, generates the feelings that it's trying to. I think it does that successfully. Um, yeah, I think it's a sweet film. I enjoy it, and I hadn't seen it since I don't know. I was probably twelve or thirteen when I first saw it. So yep. it'd been a long it's, time it's, and this and take shelter made me think of it. So I was like, yeah, let's go revisit that and see if it's, see if it holds up. Yeah. I don't know. Kudos, kudos to you for, uh, for putting those two together. I think that's a, a very legitimate, um, connection to draw. Um, I think Martian Child's, um, good, not great. It's, I mean, I enjoy it uh, a lot. I've watched it several times. I enjoy it every time. Um, Cusack is, you know, uh, one of my favorite actors. Uh, here he's in vulnerable, adorable mode, <laughs> which is always appealing. Yes. Um, when is and, he not? Uh, 
Yeah, when he's okay. like evil. When, oh, he's when is he evil? Um, there was a movie called Grand Piano. Did you uh-huh. see that one? Oh, he plays the piano. No, he oh. is, <laughs> he plays <laughs> he plays a guy uh, that um, is like a he's. It's hard to explain. Uh, <laughs> Elijah Wood is the pianist, okay. and uh, John Cusack is threatening the to piano. kill him and everybody yeah. he loves if he doesn't. I don't remember exactly what, but he needed to. Does... He was going to kill him if he didn't play the piece in front of this audience. <laughs> it's such a crazy <laughs> movie, huh. um, but he's he's the bad guy in that movie, and I think he's played the bad guy a, a couple of times. That does sound pretty evil. Yeah. Yep. Remember in Con Air when he wore socks and sandals? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was great. I don't rem- I think uh, people <laughs> uh who people who were uh actors in that movie did not uh, did not like him uh <laughs> in that particular role. Was that, that a personal choice, story. do you think? <laughs> I have to research that a little bit. Oh my god. Well, it looks like we're doing Con Air next time. Well, um, well. you know, I, uh, you what know you, what I like about Martian? Ch- what? No, what, what are you going to say? What do you think of that kid's performance? So I think it's good. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's like weird, to, right? It's, it's hard enough. It's hard enough being a child actor, but also to like be that strange. And like, I don't know if that voice, I don't know if his voice, is that an affectation or is that just how the kid sounds? Like, I don't. I don't know how much of this to attribute to just how he actually is versus his acting, but I think he's great. Yeah, it's it's a very strange performance. I don't but know what he's a strange. He is. thinks he's from Mars. What other kind yeah, of yeah. performance would you have accepted? True. You know? True. You say true. strange and it's like, yeah. So in other words, it worked. It yeah. sounds like but to me like... that it doesn't quite work for you. Yeah, I mean, it's it, I mean, he's got this whispered husky kind of way of speaking and it just doesn't i mean even for a kid who thinks he's from mars it just doesn't sound it just doesn't sound that it you know there's nothing Uh, natural about it uh he should have sounded like you think he should have sounded like marvin the martian or something that would be great he (laughs) talked like a robot what if this movie was like uh it was like space jam but with marvin the martian and that's the kid he adopts (laughs) and they call it the earth child and he's, they, do, you think he's the movie, he's do you think the movie would still work? <laughs> yeah, I think it would work better, actually. <laughs> um, no, I just it's a, it's just a strange performance, and yeah, it's I find it distracting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, anytime a kid's on screen, I you know kudos to to that child, and and of course to their parents for collecting the paycheck, for profiting off of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for exploiting their child. Oh, went to his college fund or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, I'm anyway, sure I'm sure it did. He, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I don't agree. I don't. I find. I don't. I think it works for me. I don't find it distracting at all. Um, what I like about the movie, though, is it, it's a celebration of eccentricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a kind of about. Yeah. Uh, it has to walk this line between, you know, how weird and detached do we from reality do should we allow ourselves to get. And the answer, I think, is most people don't do it enough, uh, is what the movie concludes. And then mm-hmm. there's, you know, but there's a lot of 
exciting ex- excitement, I guess, to be to be found in that in that twilight zone. But that's what I yeah. that's what I like it. That's what now I the like book uh, that it's based on is autobiographical. You know, um, I did not know that. Yeah, so the author David Gerald he um, had actually knew who he was because he wrote my favorite episode of Char- Star Trek, the original TV series from mm-hmm. the nineteen sixties, uh, called "The Trouble with Tribbles." Um, so that's I think his his claim to fame, but mm-hmm. um, he adopted a, a boy, yeah, out of foster care, and mm-hmm. um, wrote about it, and and that's what was adapted into this into this screenplay did the real um, kid think he was from mars uh i uh i that's a good question you know i did watch the special features a little bit but they never i don't think they ever really said anything about that hmm. um, that, should, that he seems was, important it does seem important and particularly if they called the book the martian child one would think that maybe he did yeah but, right um they didn't they didn't That'd address really that interesting. special features to my to my recollection Hmm. Um, yeah, something to but anyway, about. I was wondering, yeah, uh, it would have been interesting to hear like a director's commentary or a, an author's commentary uh, on the film to see how much of this, uh, what was depicted, you know, was true to life. Because some of the some of the tension, some of the conflict um, just doesn't seem very realistic, like how. Um, everybody seems to treat the fact that David's wearing a weight belt as like a big deal. What you know? What's what's so what's so bad about that? I mean, let him wear right. some batteries around his waist. Right. Well, I mean, but that's the direction they go for a while. Yeah. That's what that's yeah. what makes John that's what makes John Cusack's character so cool is he just lets the kid he he doesn't he I think he does a good job of not necessarily indulging in what could end up being a delusion but allowing the kid his imaginary his the freedom of his own imagination and so mm-hmm. he just accepts him as he is and eventually it becomes an issue throughout the movie but i think that's what makes john cusack so cool is you know at the outset he's just takes the kid as as he comes oh for sure he's that's almost never in doubt um throughout throughout the film but I'm talking about the teachers, you know, the social yeah. workers, everybody around him. They like act like, oh, it's so, it's such a be- the you know, especially the social worker that comes that creeps or <laughs> creeps around his house and peers in his window. Well, yeah, what's right. Up with that guy, um, you know, <laughs> thinks that it's it's so awful that this kid's got this you know fantasy. Way built on. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's is that that bad of a deal? I mean, I don't yeah, know. at that age, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what a psychologist would say. Yeah. Child psychologist. I guess we wouldn't have gotten worried about it when you kids were that young. You know, if you wanted to wear a weight and hang hang around upside down. Yeah, why not? But there's a difference between goofing around and and actually believing you're from another planet. I think that's the core of the issue, right? Yeah, but you got over that, right, Sam? No, not really. Still believe you're from Mars, do you? Yeah, every day I walk around. I'm waiting for them to come get me. <laughs> Changing the names of pets. Uh-huh. Uh, eating, eating your Lucky Charms. I like Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. I like Lucky Charms. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's not, I, I realizing I have a note here that says it's maybe not quite as comparable to Take Shelter as I initially thought, and I 
had the insight that maybe it's because this is a parenting movie and Take Shelter yeah. is not really a parenting movie. Yeah, that's why I, I struggled with your saying it's about being a father. It's not really about being a father, Take Shelter. I disagree. I think it is about it's being about a being father, a member of the family, but I don't think father... it's about parenting. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm I'm using fatherhood. Yeah, maybe it's the wrong word, but just being like a family man. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. Or you know, being being. I guess yeah, that's what I the, mean. Yeah, what it means to be, to be a member of the family. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. But this is a movie about learning to be a parent. Mm-hmm. At its core. Um, so as a parent, I'm clearly not qualified to answer this question, but as a parent, what do you think of the depiction of, of parenting in this movie? In Martian Child? Yeah. Um, he should have beat him more. Yeah, no. Okay. Um, little rougher hands? <laughs> little, yeah, yeah. You know, spare the rod. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's good. I mean, it's obviously very... Um, you know, John Cusack, it's very, you know, hey, I want to be your friend kind of deal. And I think they even say there's a line in the film about that. It's, you know, you, he needs a parent, not a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you, a parent's always try to walk that line. Um, I think, Especially you know, there dads, was when, yeah, no, it depends. I mean, I think it, 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 it can be either parent, but mm-hmm. um, when we were, the way we were raised was, you know, a lot more. I don't know, old fashioned, um, uh, you know, I didn't really feel like, uh, I shared a lot with my, um, parents in terms of, you know, activities, interests, um, that kind of thing. And, you know, when we had children and, you know, I think this was true of a lot of parents of our generation, the effort was to try and relate to children more on a, on a not an equal level but you know just to give them uh you know respect as as individual human beings and not you know talk down to them or uh, uh believe that um you know they they need to be uh you know told what to do and that kind of thing it's it's more right. collaborative i guess um right. well and they're, they're you know it's like validating their it's like validating their worldview. It's like they have a perspective mm-hmm. and you need to respect that. Yeah. yeah. So Cusack goes, you know, pretty much the whole total, almost the total friend route here uh, with Dennis. And, you know, it's charming. Um, you know, I don't know if that's <laughs> the way the way I would bear in a child, but um, huh. it, it is a unique situation when you're, you know, talking about a, you know, a being that's a little bit fully formed and also traumatized. There's, uh, I, you know, I can't say that I would know exactly how to, how to behave in that situation. You do have to kind of feel your way around it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It definitely, I mean, this movie obviously resonates with, with me, you know, based on the fact that we are adoptive parents. So, um, yeah, that was the other uh, thing I said. I said, this is a movie about adoption. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. And from that standpoint, obviously we relate and, and, uh, you know, have a soft spot for it. Yeah. I think, I feel like that maybe that's one of the reasons you, that you decided to show it to everybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. But mostly Cusack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I learned 
from the special features on on the disc that I watched is that the author the uh, of the book David Gerald is a gay man he he was not married mm-hmm. um, he was not a widower uh, mm-hmm. but he was a single parent uh, adopting a boy out of foster care and mm-hmm. uh, they changed that in the in the film obviously how does that strike you uh, that strikes me as a very pragmatic decision made by a, a, a studio. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, that was 2007 yeah you think things were I mean I don't know maybe things were a lot different in 2007 but uh, yeah also mm-hmm. uh, I think they would have made the same decision today <laughs> to be honest maybe maybe not yeah yeah they um, it, it's it's funny because it's almost like they did it to set up a romance with Amanda Pete, but then that really is, they don't really do that. They, you yeah. know, I mean, have one fleeting scene and that's it. Um, yeah. Which is, but I that's just like a, I think that's just like a hope for the future kind of a thing. Yeah. It it's, also just makes him fine, more sympathetic. It, you know, mm-hmm. it just gets you on his side immediately. It's an effective device for that. You know, I always yeah. wonder it's like, oh, we're on his side kind of a thing. You know, because he's yeah. a loner. He's in a, kind of a his own. He's an outcast, just like the kid is, in his own way, mm-hmm. um, because of his eccentricity. And I think that just the, his being a widower it just adds another layer to that. And I'm sure that was just a a story decision to to mm-hmm. give it a little more emotional punch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no reason he couldn't have negative. had a. Yeah, there's no reason he couldn't have had a dead husband. But again, 2007. Right. I've seen some negative writing on the film, you know, from that perspective that it, it diminishes the, the author's, you know, actual. Yeah. Uh, gender orientation, but right. Yeah, for people who care about that, you may not want to watch the Martian child, but it really, yeah. um, uh, is a, is a nice film, family friendly, feel good, funny, um, little film. Yeah. It is fun. Is it a good double feature with Take Shelter? Mm, I don't know. I, uh, oh yeah, I guess we can get to uh, these the, the short segments. Um, which of these short segments do you want to do? Do you want to do Highlight Reel? I think we have to do Rate My Pairing. That's a good one. And Honorable Mentions, mm-hmm. yes. And Next mm-hmm. Pick, obviously. I like all those. Do you like highlight reel, or can we skip that? Should we cut that from the from the show? We can we can cut highlight reel if you want. Okay. Less is more. Okay, so we're uh, at uh, fifty-two minutes. So yeah. Yeah, I see that. Uh, cool. So yeah, we can uh, start wrapping things up. So, Dad, you kind of already uh, said this, but the rate my pairing. Um, the criteria is, would you program this as, as a double feature in your hypothetical art house movie theater? Um, I think since I'm the one who paired it, you have to rate it, right? Mm, I can rate Cause it. Because I, um, I did the pairing. Right. And would I do that? No, I don't think I would. Um, yeah, I don't think you would either. Yeah, I don't. I think they're just too tonally dif- different to be a good double feature. There is a there is a overlap uh, in terms of themes, but um, there's a better 
film, and this might slip over into the honorable mention mm-hmm. uh, segment, but there's a better film also directed by Jeff Nichols to pair it with. It's not a better film than Tech Shelter, um, but he did one after Tech Shelter called Midnight Special. Uh-huh. I've heard of this movie. And, yeah, and Midnight Special and Martian Child would be, I think, a pretty good pairing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch Midnight Special. Yeah, check it out. And then we'll watch Martian Child again. <laughs> I will watch Martian Child again. It actually, I actually, before you picked it, I had already wa- just watched it. So really? uh, it was actually the second watching in a very short period of time. But it didn't oh, funny. It's a sweet yeah. movie. It is. Uh, I actually didn't have any honorable mentions. I didn't. I didn't think of anything else before I thought of Martian Child. So mm-hmm. nothing. I have uh, a couple others I could mention. Um, yeah. One. Well, I don't want to mention that one because maybe I'll pick it on the podcast someday. Oh. Um, well, but so we won't know when it's coming. You can mention it. Just surprises later. Sure. Okay. So it's called The Ruling Class. Um, okay. It stars Peter O'Toole. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a member of British uh, um, aristocracy who, modern aristocracy, who believes he's Jesus Christ. Um, um, so that could be an interesting pairing. Interesting. Um, and uh, funny and then uh, dark film. Right. And then another one to pair Take Shelter with could be The China Syndrome. Um that stars Jack Lemon and Jane Fonda. And um, it's about um, uh, an accident at a nuclear facility um, mm-hmm. that um, uh, uh, some reporters, Jane Fonda plays a reporter who's uh, trying to report on the safety of that facility. And mm-hmm. uh, in ways, in some ways, Take Shelter reminded me of that film. Nice. Okay. And and in particular, this prophecy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, before we wrap up, I have one more segment that is unique to this film pairing. It's called mm-hmm. Rad Dad or Bad Dad. Is <laughs> 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 Michael Shannon a Rad Dad or a Bad Dad? He is a Rad Dad. Yeah, at the end, he's a Rad Dad. He's a little bit of a bad dad for some of it, though. I mean, he's a little bit an erratic dad, but yeah. he's never a bad dad. He's Well, he loses he loves, his job. It's not good. He loses his job, He's but he loves Can't his daughter. Can't be doing that. He he's does. He's learning sign language. Oh, you love your daughter so much. How about you make money to feed her? How about that, Michael Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to protect her. Trying to You're right. Shelter. You're right. He's learning He's sign language. Take shelter. Yeah, I actually did. I appreciated that because a lot of times these um, these movies, a lot of times movies, just in general, movie dads are like absent or, you know, their head's not really in the right place. But his is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's there with his daughter and they're learning sign language and he's, you know, he's present. But then he's got this other like otherworldly force like trying to pull him out of that. But yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Uh, what about, um, John Cusack, rad dad or bad dad? Rad, rad dad. Very rad dad. Very rad dad. <laughs> so rad. The raddest yeah. of dads. Yeah. I want John Cusack to be my dad. 
Lunch, <laughs> well, exactly except he's my age, so that would probably be weird. Uh, wait, if he's your age, that works for me. Yeah, because you're oh, my dad. That works for you. Yeah. yeah. You want to call him up? <laughs> get him on the phone. <laughs> Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we have a special guest. <laughs> How cool would that be? That would be cool. Uh, yeah, maybe when he's washed up enough, he'll come on our podcast. Is he washed up enough yet? <laughs> well, now that we said that, he won't come. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, should we talk about our next pick? Yeah, let's do. What are we going to watch right. next time, Sam? I think it's my pick. So It is your pick. I choose a movie that I saw... Okay. <laughs> I actually don't know when the first time I saw this was. Probably grad school. So that would be 2017 to 2019, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It's called The Way of the Gun. Do you know this movie? The Way of the Gun. I... It's a Christopher McQuarrie movie. Oh, now I'm interested. Now I'm interested. Oh, the Way of the Gun. I uh, don't believe I've seen this one, so I'm excited. Oh. Very good. Okay, that's that's exciting. That'll make it more interesting. The um, I won't say anything about it, I guess, but uh, it's one of my favorite Christopher McQuarrie movies, and maybe one of my favorite movies. Mm. But it's wow. uh, yeah. But anyway, the way they go. Okay. That's what I got. Well, if I had a pick at the tip of my tongue based on that, um, I would say it, but I haven't seen the film, so I'm going to watch it first. Yeah, and you have to I'm see it first. Martian Child. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Cool. No, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Well, it'd be fun to make a prediction. I think you'll think it's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. So I think you might you might think it's great actually because I think it's great. Sharon Stone's in that, right? Uh, I actually don't know. I don't remember who's in it except for Benicio del Toro. Okay, it's the only person I remember from that movie. It's been a few years. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, cool. Uh, Great. well, I think that wraps it up. So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we're still a fledgling podcast, so if you uh, listen to the show and you liked it, if you could subscribe, rate, and or review, that would be. Uh, really helpful for us, especially since we're just kind of starting out just doing this for fun. Um, if you want to tell us what you think of the show, you have thoughts, suggestions, or if you want to tell us what you would have paired with either of these movies, uh, you can send an email to likemoviespod at gmail.com. Dad, do you have anything else uh, before we wrap No, I, I heard the email address this time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> paying attention. Okay, uh, I have that wraps up else. the show. Okay. Thanks we for need, listening. I don't know how to... Yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time. Bye.